0: Welcome to Are We There Yet? The podcast looking at the innovations emerging from the workshops, labs, and secret test tracks of Hyundai. We're looking at how this technology is making its way into the vehicles we're driving and into our lives. I never thought in my lifetime I would see the sort of flying car concept. So that makes me hugely excited. It's been an amazing journey so far. Over the last few episodes, we've heard about flying cars, being guided around Daytona in an electric racing car.
1: The wind blowing through the car, screaming through the car.
0: And we've even reimagined what a car can be. But in this edition, we're going a step further. We're discovering how vehicles can get inside our minds, can influence our feelings
2: and our emotions. Your view is resting on it, yeah? It's like a rest for your eyes. The same as if you're looking at a beautiful uh... animal. I'm Susie Perry
0: and this podcast comes to you from Hyundai fascinated by today's chat to learn more about our relationships with our car's design and the colours that we choose. Now I've only ever bought black cars apart from my first foray which was dictated by my lowly budget. So does my preferred car colour of black mean that I'm morbid, stylish, safe or am I just stuck in my ways? Should I go for a hint of pistachio with a creamy vanilla interior next time? Would that make me feel any different about driving? Would I become more sassy? To find out, we're right at the heart of the Hyundai Design Centre Europe, with two people who can help us see cars with totally fresh eyes. Tayo Asobu, Senior Manager of Colour and Trim, and Nicola Danza, Exterior Design Manager. Welcome to you both. How are you? Fine.
2: (laughs) Uh,
1: Hi, Susie. Nice to see you. Nice to be here with you guys.
0: With design being such an important aspect of the driving experience, why do you think it's so powerful?
1: I think design is so powerful because it's really touching your heart, your senses. And this first approach is done by the the shape of the car or the shape of the object you're looking at. If you don't like it, you don't don't get close to it. Mm -hmm. So the first look is actually the first thing that stays in your head and and goes into your heart. And then you want to open Mm -hmm. the door and see the car inside.
2: Tayo, for you? I don't know how you see it, Nicola, but... um... A car always reminds me on an animal or on something living. I see muscles, I see tension, I see the frozen movement. Yeah, that's the first thing which comes to your mind when you see the car, at least the exterior. Yeah,
1: absolutely. We tend to do cars that are also moving when they are standing still. Right. So just to communicate this uh, sense of moving design, that's actually the main factor why people buy Cars and for us, it's Hyundai's, of course.
2: Yeah, I mean, all the reasons you find uh, why you buy a car, Uh, when you talk to your neighbors or your friends, like it's like, yeah, and it's the horsepower and it's the guarantee and whatever. Actually, it's just an excuse for what's going straight to your heart. You fall in love, like on the first sight and then you need a reason.
0: Yeah, so it's a justification coming in for buying a car. Right, exactly. Absolutely. So do you see the design process almost as um, attracting somebody purely from the outside, but then it continues when you go inside? Because obviously, if the interior doesn't make you love it, then you might get out of the car and choose a different car. So you've got to get it all right, haven't you?
2: I think we um, already had in the past some models which were super attracting from the outside. And then we opened the door like, oh, What a pity, no? And then you walk away. Yeah, it's not only about the interior design, it's also about all the materials which you see and which you imagine to feel and to sit inside. And it's like a living space, no? It's like uh, if you buy a new sofa, you would never buy something which you don't really feel comfortable in.
0: And it's interesting talking about the outside and the inside because... uh... Nicola, for you, mm-hmm. you based your design on the outside and uh, Tao for you, you are the colours, the trims, the materials, the fabrics inside. But actually, as we've just discovered, really, both as important as each other.
1: Absolutely. I mean, this first impact is super important, but in reality, you spend... 99% of your time inside the car. <laughs> yeah. So the outside, it's for you, of course, because you like it, you love it, mm-hmm. but it's also a, a showing off to the other people, your car. Mm-hmm. Um, people surrounding you, they look at your car more than yourself. It's, it's status as well. You want to be shown in this car that you like because it's a cool car.
2: Although I have to say, sometimes I'm uh, sitting in a cafe in summer and park my car somewhere where I can see it <laughs> just to enjoy the view.
0: <laughs> Would you say the outside is about the ego, the inside is about the comfort?
1: Yeah, big time.
2: Yeah, ego. I mean, it's aesthetic. The same as if you're looking at a beautiful uh, animal. You're. you're... View is resting on it, yeah? It's like a rest for your eyes.
0: Something that's pleasing your vision. And a car, really, I suppose, when you look at it and drive it and think about it, it attacks all of your senses, apart perhaps yes. from taste.
1: Yes, uh, your senses are all involved because you're looking around. You are sometimes looking at people if they look at you.
2: Oh, yeah. Closer to the car, you smell already if it's gasoline. You smell the tyres. The the oil maybe the engine is hot you smell that and then you go inside and maybe you smell the leather for sure and you also smell what kind of materials you're using for the interior
0: when you're designing what do you have in your mind
1: i think the inspiration comes from your taste your ideas we always start a project actually with mood boards some images from architecture, buildings, watches, fashion, really anything that attracts your attention when you're going around in the city or the way the people are dressing, trying to see if that fits the customer that this car is made for.
0: And Tayo, a process of designing a car can take three years. So generally, is that about the, the the time that you have to go from the first initial concept to the, to the car coming out? and? If that is the case, could it be that when the car comes out, it's out of date? How do you, how do you make sure that everything is up to date all
2: the time? The materials and the colour uh, schemes are fixed like one year, one and a half years before the start of production. We always try to do something which transports the same kind of feelings in uh, five or six years. When you're doing this for a few years, then you have a feeling for trends which are lasting and trends which are just like fashion for one season something which helps us to go through this ocean of different possibilities
0: (laughs) so you're working a lot on instinct it sounds like an experience yeah a kind of anti-fashion and more futuristic knowledge of, of what is going to look good for a long period of time so how how different are the fabrics the interiors the colors you use now to let's say 15 20 years ago Oh my
2: God! I mean, that's all coming back. <laughs> no, just a joke. <laughs> I think uh, we had a totally different aesthetic. Yeah, maybe we had uh, a totally different um, way of life. I think a blue jeans was maybe the highest peak of uh, what fashion uh, would do for for youngsters. Now, not just nobody is wearing that anymore. Yeah, so I remember in that time we had uh, jeans. Interior, yeah, and I think now it would be the most uncool thing you could do, yeah. It's like fashion, yeah, you don't want to wear leather jackets, black leather jackets anymore, yeah. That's I do, um...
1: I do, <laughs> I do, and I never stopped doing it,
2: <laughs> no, I mean, but you know what I mean, no, there, but now we have a totally different aesthetic, which is also created by our environmental. Issues, yeah. So everything uh, looks like uh, Haferbrei. What's that? The stand of English?
0: Porridge, did you say? Yes,
2: that's what I said. Just like neutral. Um, you, you want mean. to have? You, well, yeah, you want to have those ingredients which are um, you can almost eat it. Yeah, I mean because it doesn't harm you. Yeah, it doesn't matter if it's a cream, if it's something to eat, or if it's your car.
0: You see, it is all of the senses. It is also taste. <laughs> <laughs> Nicola, in terms of how bold you can be, because clearly there's a lot of cars being designed globally and you want to come up with the the best car, you want the sales, that's what it's always driven by. But from your perspective as a designer, how bold can you be?
1: I think as a designer, you always have to be bold. If you start from something quite crazy at the beginning of the process, uh, it's much more easy to calm it down a little bit Rather than do the opposite, start with a boring car and try to pump it up at the end. You can be as bold as you want, as long as you have very good proportions. If you don't have pleasing proportions, it doesn't really work. But it's almost putting a jacket on yourself when you are skinny, let's say, and put the same jacket when you are 20 kilos heavier.
0: And you better make sure it's not a black leather jacket as well.
1: Absolutely not. I discovered today that it's uncool, so I'm I'm not going to wear it anymore now.
0: Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) Toyo, is it important for a brand to have a recognisable design style? and, And how would you describe that for Hyundai?
2: I think what's typical now um, currently for our cars is that you see it from far away and you recognize it already by the exterior design. And then you come closer and each step you come closer, you see something new because there are super nice corners when you look at the car where you discover new materials or material treatments and um, patterns. We're
0: talking about evolution here for hyundai aren't we in one sense i want to talk if i can maybe pick up on on the on the tucson because that's a car really that has evolved over the years and you've both been involved in that car haven't you so can you take me into that process
1: actually my first project in hyundai was the ix 35 tucson so it was 2005 when we started that project and that was already a completely different car from the one before. And this one tried to be more fashionable than just a rugged SUV. And at the time there was so many fights with engineers because design was important, but not so important. It was more about the cost, more about making a car quite quick. And um, already with the X35, there was this first attempt to shape the car in, in a more design way. But there was many factors that didn't allow us to respect the design model we did at the beginning. And then it came the Tucson uh, of 2015, and that was a very cool adventure because we were at the right point where design was getting much more important and we had the freedom and the trust to to do something a little bit more, no, I wouldn't say fashionable, but more trendy, more up-to-date. Uh, a bit more sporty as well, because before that, Hyundai were not really seen as sporty cars, but through the evolution of our design, we managed to do something that uh, was looking quite sporty, really sitting well on the wheels, dynamic, yeah, quite modern still today. For me, it was the first car that I liked in total myself as a designer. That was the first car that I was completely satisfied with.
0: And Tayo, for you, how have you been
2: involved in the, the reimagination of the, the Tucson? We did the calendar materials for the interior and also the exterior colours, always in cooperation with our headquarter in Korea. But this was quite interesting because it's also produced in Europe. So we could have our own european version people here in europe they love to configure their car yeah and they are really distinctive what they want to have in their cars whereas for example in u.s it's more like uh, people go to the dealer and see what's there and take it home with them because they need it now yeah? and that's a huge difference so uh, for example we have to use waterborne paint so it's a totally different smell. So you opened the door of the cars and you directly smelled that's a European car. Yeah, It was produced in Europe. There was really a different smell. And that's something which our customers and the drivers really recognize. That's really fascinating. And
0: in terms of colors, do we in Europe like different colors to say America or Korea? Are there differences between our... Are likes
2: there. There are huge differences. So uh, when you look at India, at Asia, and also at the US, the acceptance for high saturated colours is much higher. Here in Europe, everything has to be kind of camouflage. Uh, if possible, it should be colour which is disappearing in the city, like somebody's talking about a green car. You know exactly, it's not grass green. Yeah, it will be like a a grayish green, something like this. It's more like small doses.
0: So we're a little more subtle in, in the choice of color that we like. Yeah. And do colors look different in different parts of the world?
2: Yes, they do. I mean, also people in India, for example, they really like this bright blue, bright orange and the reddish shades, which is also, I think, connected kind of to the food. And culturally, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And here we like more the colors which are reminding us on forest, on on the sea, on the horizon.
0: So as a young child, I got a lift to school from either my mum or my best friend's mum, who happened to live next door. And she had a deep maroon gruff VW Beetle. This is going back to the 70s, guys. Complete with all the attitude and that bonkers shape that it's got. And what it lacked in speed and luxury, it more than made it for with its blustery sound and cheeky, chirpy design. And since then, I've always had a soft spot for the Beetle So, how difficult is it to create a positive, lasting impression as a car designer?
1: (laughs) I think that's the key and the question that each designer asks himself every day. By the way, I like your choice of Beetle. I I have a few.
0: (laughs) It's such a one-off, isn't it?
1: (laughs) The more joy you have back from this uh, job is when you see the customer taking care of their car, personalizing it, or washing it every day, or you know, when you get out of the car, you close the door and you have a second look at the car when, when you walk away. This is our goal. And it doesn't matter if it's a small car or a big car. Our approach is always the same. Move emotions to yourself. And to do that, I think, first of all, focus the attention of the people, or your attention at the beginning, to only a few elements of the car that makes the car. The rest is almost decoration. By deconstructing, you also simplify a little bit the message you want to give. What do I want to communicate with my design? And that's why we do it with shapes. That's our communication language.
0: So is it fair to say that a part of your job is to globally make people fall in love?
1: Yeah, I think so. I think everybody of us has this um, um, very difficult mission, I would say, because we're all different. The world is immense and everybody has a different taste. But yeah, this is the, the 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 approach to the job. If you don't have this approach, I don't think you have a, you are doing the wrong job.
0: Tiago, it must be very difficult when you are working for a global company with all those different markets. And effectively, that's what you're trying to do. You're trying to make people fall in love with their vehicle so they can sit in a cafe and want to park the car close and have a look at it and feel good when they get into it and wonder if anybody's having a look at them or taking a picture of them in the car driving past. It's quite a lot to take on, actually, designing a
2: car, isn't it? the dream job. I think everybody who's working in, in car design is extremely proud that he made it inside. You have the feeling uh, you're worth it. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise you couldn't work. No? When, when you start to doubt yourself, it's over.
0: Have there been any moments where you feel like you've made errors or have there been any designs that you look back on and think, oh no, I can't believe I did that?
2: That's a very painful memory and um, (laughs) this violet little car (laughs) with the turquoise rims. I have to say, I still was a student and I saw that I have to learn a lot.
0: (laughs) It sounds like it was a good lesson though. Uh, What about you, uh, Nicola? Was there anything that you can look back on and think, no, it's I think
1: a podcast will not be enough to remember all (laughs) these mistakes. I like to think that as a designer, you are almost allowed to make mistakes in the creativity phase. If you don't make mistakes, you don't really find anything new. So the mistakes are part of the job, luckily. But when you find some old sketches, I'm from an older generation where you were sketching by hand with pastel, with markers, looking at it today, you might even be embarrassed. But that was 20 years ago and 20 years ago it worked, (laughs) today it doesn't work anymore and the stuff of today will never work in five years.
0: It's fast moving, isn't it? Oh, yes. I'd like to find out a little bit more about you both personally now. So what would your dream car be from a design point of view?
1: We design so much stuff from round to shape, to edgy, to stealthy, to to round to back again. It's difficult a little bit to, even for myself, to imagine my own taste. (laughs) Okay, I'm Italian. There are some cars that I really like. The Alfa Romeo 33 Stradale, the Ferrari 40, the the Lamborghini Countach. But when I I analyze them, you go from muscular, sensual uh, shapes, to more edgy, like the Countach or the Stratos. But all those cars, I like the car, but I also like the the reason why the car was looking like that. And imagining this car in the streets of Italy in the 70s or 60s, imagine the reaction of the people by looking at this car. So I think this is part of the passion for the cars. I don't think that most designers have one single uh, favourite car. I think it's very difficult.
0: So each car that you think of takes you to a certain place
2: maybe in the world to a certain environment the same for you tayo when i was a child our neighbor who was really huge he was um tall and had wide shoulders he was driving this tiny little yellow honda with round windows. Uh, that was for me very impressive. Yeah, that a car would have those kind of round windows. And then also how he got into the car was always a spectacle, always with a bunch of children standing around. Um, then later a friend of mine, he had also this Stratos. It was an old car he was buying. It really had this kind of uh, smell. Yeah, you smell the rust and the oil and everything. That was for me always this uh, smell of adventure.
0: What was it about cars that drew you in in the first place? Why are you both car designers now?
1: In my case, it's, it's quite surreal. In my complete family, I'm the only one that loves cars. Like my dad. Took his driving license when he was 35. My granddad never had a driving license. So I, I really don't know where it comes from. But for me, already when I was probably two or three years old, I don't remember any picture without a car in my hand or a little model in my hand. I remember there are some little videos, you know, these very old videos where I'm walking with my family, with my parents and i'm not walking i'm driving and i'm probably three years old and i'm making the noise of the engine with my mouth like <laughs> and parking and driving with my hands and this was already when i was small and my mom always told me that i could recognize cars by the sound of it my mom yeah that's a fiat 500 That's It's a Porsche.
2: But, Taya, did you love cars from a child, like Nicola? I experienced cars more as a toy. The Carrera-Bahn, I don't know how you call this little race track, where you buy the age and the... Ah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. We were playing whole Saturday, whole Sunday, every weekend. The passion
0: from both of you comes through very clearly when I talk to you. So what have been your favourite Hyundai projects that you've worked on over the years?
1: The Hyundai rn 30 I think is a dream of every designer. It was a toy, this car, a toy in a, in a cool way. You could do anything you want because it was more like a race car. So flaps, spoilers, big wheels, good stands, stickers on the car. That was actually extremely fun to do. I never forget taping with uh, another colleague Manuel. Overnight the graphic of, on top of the car on the show painted. So we taped all night until we were happy. Then the morning after there were three painters ready for masking and paint the graphic on the car. So there was first time ever for me to do uh, graphics on a car.
0: I suppose to work on a concept car is great for a designer, oh, isn't yeah. it? Because you're not so restricted in terms of budget and all that kind of thing. So it is is one of your favorite experiences, a concept
2: car, tyre as well. For me, it was also the r 30 because, um, yeah, this was a pure ego project, I have the feeling. Yeah? Because in my case, I could do whatever I wanted, and everybody was like, great, let's do it like this. So I I also really loved that one.
0: Of course, the Ionic 5 has Mm. recently been launched. How close would you say that was to the concept?
1: I think it's extremely close to the concept. Uh, That's also another evolution of, of our company. Many years ago, we used to do show car, just to test a little bit the taste of the people, the reaction of the people. And with the years, uh, we realized that Showcar has to be become reality somehow. So that's why with the Eoniq 5, I find an extremely close link. All the cool details that were designed on this car as a concept became reality somehow.
0: And now the next few cars that will come from that will have the same base. Am I am I right with this? And how does that affect you as a designer? Does it make your job easier in some senses?
1: Well, we will never tell you what comes next, of course, but <laughs> yes and no. Yes, because of course there are some details that are quite astonishing on, on the Ionic 5, so why not continue with that? But that's not our job. Our job is to question every time. So this time you see the Ionic 5 with all the stealth look, next time you might see something else. Every car has its own identity. We have this uh, chessboard strategy where every object that is on the chessboard, from the bishop to the knight to the queen and king. They all look different. Some details are in common to each other, but they're actually looking completely different. One is tall, one is small, one is fat, one is slim. But they are part of the same family. The goal is all the same, so it's like a big family working together with, through the same goal, but with different shapes, but in some details quite close to each other.
0: And this podcast is all about innovations coming from Hyundai. And as designers, you're working years ahead, which we've talked about earlier. So you've got a crystal ball, let's say. Can you show us a little bit of the future, the kinds of things that we're going to see in terms of design?
1: I think when you look at the Ionic 5 and the next car coming, EV, electric cars, they're becoming more and more popular. People are starting to trust them. People are starting to... Like them, our mission, part of it, is to make those new technology more avail- available to the people uh, in terms of design. For us, it's great.
0: Natalia, I'm going to just throw it over to you now. What about colours? What about fabrics, textiles? How are colours and textiles of the future predicted and produced?
2: Yeah, what's coming for sure is uh, more and more advanced and sustainable materials. Sustainability is the most important thing uh, we are working on. And what we are working on is a new way of premium. So to invent or redefine luxury, not only to see what material is it, but also to see what else is luxury? Is it a feeling? How is it created? Is it created by the materials, the colors, or maybe something else we don't know about yet? So that's about exploring our environment, yeah, and also human beings, bit of psychology, to see what's next. Sometimes we really don't know what's next, yeah, because it has to be unexpected also for us, and it's it's very adventurous. Do you think there'll be different colors? Do you think that that our palette for colors will change? Yes, for sure, for sure. The aesthetics are changing and all, with all those technology items which are coming into our daily life, we also see totally different texture surfaces which didn't exist any, uh, before in our lives. And that's forming our aesthetics and our tastes.
1: Some years ago, we used to have technology in the car, but kind of well hidden. Today, we tend to show the technology. So if you have an LED matrix lamp or solar panel, if you have something new, you don't hide it anymore, you show it.
0: And by celebrating these kinds of things, are they becoming a, a big part of the identity, would you say, for Hyundai cars?
1: Absolutely. I mean, if you look at the Ionic 5, all this pixel lighting, uh, that's super recognizable. It's super cool. You can see from far away immediately. You know, when you go into some people's living room in the house and you have this vitrine with all your best parts, best objects exposed, that's actually the same. You have them, you show it to the, to the people outside and to be different.
0: And you hope they fall in love.
1: <laughs> they will.
0: <laughs> in this podcast, we're asking, are we there yet? So in terms of design, how much further is there to go?
1: I think immensely I think we always work together with technology, of course, so the more the technology develops, the more further we can go. We are already in 2024,
2: Susie. I like being in the future with you guys. (laughs) There's actually no limit. Every car designer is kind of a fan of science fiction movies, so um, everything is open, I think. (laughs) Tayo Asobu.
0: Nicola Danza thank you so much for joining us it's been an absolute delight to talk to you if you're excited by the design possibilities at Hyundai you can find out more at hyundai.com thanks so much for listening goodbye